Welcome to the Nourish Rap Podcast, hosted by two passionate clinical nutritionists whose mission is to educate, inspire, and empower people to lead a more nourishing life. Katie and Jessica value evidence-based practice, holistic healing approaches, and practical health advice, all while having fun along the way. We thank you for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Now, welcome back everybody to another episode of The Nourish Wrap. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, so Jess and I are going to be joined by a special guest for this episode who we'll introduce shortly. This episode is going to be all about endometriosis. So the month of March is actually Endometriosis Awareness Month. Um, a lot of people probably don't know that, which is a bit of a shame because um, it's an important condition to recognize. Um, but we thought we'd talk about that today um, from a nutritional perspective. And we've asked Louise Bennett from Balance Acupuncture to join us today. So she's going to give us some insight into endometriosis management from an acupuncture perspective. Yeah, yes. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Katie and Jess. It's uh, lovely to be here and talking about this really important topic. Thanks so much for coming along, Louise. And maybe just so that our listeners can, can get a feel for your background, um, can you let us know how you got into acupuncture in the first place? Yeah, certainly. Uh, I started my working career as a nurse and midwife and after I had children, I didn't want to go back shift working. So I, myself, I had some acupuncture with my second child to, to fall pregnant. And then when he was about two, I had um, a bit of postnatal depression and I found acupuncture was amazing. It just lifted that big, heavy cloud off me. And I went, how do I get more of this? How do I know more about this? And went back and studied with a supportive family, went back and studied um, and got into it. And I just love it. That's mm. awesome. That, and that's really topical, Louise, because you clearly have a passion for women's health. Mm. Um, and you've also got that background in midwifery and nursing. So perfect to have you here with us today talking Thank about you. endo. Yeah. Um, so Jess, let's have a quick chat. Well, let's all of us have a quick chat and just dive into like... For those people who don't know, or maybe some people have recently been um, told that they may have endometriosis, let's talk about what endo actually is to start with. Okay, well, I mean, in order to get a clinical diagnosis, there's many things that you need to sort of tick and get tested for, um, and it's quite it can be quite a lengthy process, but initially sort of the signs and symptoms you'll see is extreme pain. Um during a menstrual cycle, but also just throughout the whole cycle. Yeah. Um, you'll also get often heavy, heavy bleeding, like to the point where it can be really gushing out and um, just very debilitating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then two main sort of symptoms, isn't it? The heaviness and also the pain. Yeah, and I think definitely clotting as well. Yeah. And yeah. P pain doesn't just have to be in the pelvis either. It can be up under the diaphragm. It can be like base of skull it can be you know anywhere yeah and um endometri the endometrial tissue can be found in other places of the body not just in the pelvic cavity yeah i think that's a really good point louise so um like the the essence of endometriosis is where tissues that are similar to the mm. uterine lining mm. are growing outside of the mm. uterus and 
Um, they've, you know, we've, we know that endometriosis has been found in women, like in the most bizarre places, their lungs, their brain, you know, it's not just a condition that's refined to, um, the reproductive area. Um, so yeah. And I think one of the things about endometriosis awareness, um, month is also just raising awareness that, um, it's not normal to be like to literally live your life around your period. It's not normal to be in excruciating pain. That's exactly right. And a lot of people, a lot of women, they've had pain since their first period and they just think that's normal. And yeah. so to be told that, you know, it's not normal is like a, a revelation. Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the times, um, unfortunately, it seems that endometriosis gets written off as being IBS mm. or... Um, you know, some other random condition. Um, and I don't know why, but for some reason it's just, it's not really investigated enough. No. And they can, it can be um, comorbid. It can happen with those things, as you know, in conjunction with. Yeah. Mm. So a bit of a tricky one. And a really, really common sort of um, thing in women, like we underestimate how common it is, uh, like... You know, according to um, Endo Awareness March Australia website, one in ten women have this, and it can take seven to twelve years mm. um, from you know getting the symptoms to diagnosis. So mm. it's really um, important that we spread awareness around it because I think I feel like it's a little bit um, what's the word? A bit like um, it's just not spoken about. Under, uh, under recognised under. under I actually had a, um, a situation in clinic this week and I'm lucky because my past job I was involved in fertility mm-hmm. and I have a connection with um, a good gynecologist. I've, I had a, a girl, I actually had to call the gynecology office this week and say like, please tell me how I can get this girl in to see you. Obviously I can't mm-hmm. refer because mm-hmm. I'm not a GP, but she's been dismissed so many times and like she's in excruciating mm. pain and we've done gut work mm. not i mean a few of the things we're doing are helping but mm. it's clearly more than just her tummy mm. Mm. so yeah like absolutely i think for some reason i've definitely had i'm sure we've all had girls mm. where we've said look you know you really need to be explaining these symptoms mm. and speaking up for yourself mm. um which absolutely. is really sad absolutely so there's like obviously lots of research around what causes endometriosis, um, but it's not. There's no definitive um, reason no. for why it occurs yet. No, it seems to be an estrogen-driven um, condition, and there's a um, familial tendency. Yes, so, which you know comes back to lifestyle. How do we turn those genes on and off? Yeah, um, that's a really interesting question which you know we know nutrition and food play and all lifestyle factors play a big role in that yeah that's a really good point and that also makes it hard because some girls grow up with this whole um message from their maybe their mums and stuff oh you know it's normal i've Mm. had period pain it's Mm. all good and Mm. it's it's not really Mm. something that we should be living with 
Um, look, there's all kinds of research, guys, but obviously for the three of us being in um, complementary medicine, it's not our place to diagnose. We can only support, but there's research around, you know, is there a, a bacterial um, side to endometriosis? Um, it seems to be similar in nature to autoimmune conditions, although it's not linked to any particular antibodies. Um, it's an inflammatory condition. So unfortunately, yeah. more research is needed to actually decide what is the cause or causes. Um, but, you know, let's dive into the crux of things and talk about different ways that we can actually manage it. So, Louise, you've probably treated lots of people with endo. We, from a Chinese medicine point of view, um, look, when Chinese medicine developed thousands of years ago we didn't have that word endometriosis but we had you know certainly painful periods and um, so we just asked lots of questions about their pain where it is how it feels um, whether it's stabbing or whether it, and when it happens in the cycle because you know it's cyclical cyclical yeah um, and so if you know if pain happens before the period, it sort of suggests one thing. If it happens during the period, then we go, oh, yeah, okay, let's explore that a little bit more. So, you know, you'd be expecting sort of, you know, the endometrial pain as the bleeding starts mm -hmm. to get worse. Okay. Because you're getting that um, increase in stagnation. Okay. But that wouldn't always be the case. Yeah. Everyone's different. So yeah. you just... Um, exploring sort of what's happening for that person okay um, yeah and then how so as far as using acupuncture to help mm. somebody with endo mm. um what kinds of like results do you observe in clinic when people come in we always say to people that to regulate cycles to make changes it take at least three months of mm -hmm. really regular treatment so mm. you'd be wanting to see someone every week probably okay. for at least a month and then but I'd be looking at three months of really regular treatments okay um, and some herbs I use herbs as well so yep. I'd be using herbs um, and but you'd be wanting to see changes by three months okay you know? but you know most of these girls have had it for a very long time so mm. it takes time yeah, absolutely. Changes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Three months is a really good mark, benchmark for hormones in mm. general. I mm. think when you're working with them, I know nutritionally, that's always what I tell um, my clients as well that mm. it's a minimum of three months of sort of working at this before we get really any great results. Mm. Yeah. And that, to be honest, like it's the same with people trying to fall pregnant. Um, you know, three months seems like a long time, but that's three cycles, three mm. ovulations, mm. three periods. So it's actually yeah. not that long. Mm. We're just so used to popping a Panadol or, you know, um, using something a little bit more or a little bit less natural and getting a much quicker result. Um, whereas we're trying to look at changing things from a grassroots level mm. with nutrition and acupuncture. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And when you look at the way, um, you know, an egg is produced in the ovary, just to get it to that point of ovulation, that takes three months for that to come around. So really, after that initial three months of strong treatment, um, then you're looking at, okay, well, finally, that's sort of the egg that has had that, um, you know, that support. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Yeah. yeah. So 
Louise, with acupuncture, like, what sort of symptoms can it help to manage for somebody with endo? It can certainly um, help with pain relief. Yep, awesome. While someone's actually having their period and they're in excruciating pain, if they can get out of bed and get here, then it can certainly help reduce um, that pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And then working outside, you know, once they've finished their period, um, working with with just... uh, Decreasing inflammation, yeah, de- you know, like trying to regulate the hormones. Mm-hmm. Or, um, acupuncture works really well, helping to regulate that HPO, HPA axis, the yep. uh, the pituitary hypothalamic um, adrenal sort of connection. Okay. Um, so yes, and increasing uh, blood flow to the pelvis. Okay. Um, so that. Because, you know, we talk about blood stagnation from an acupuncture point of view. And so it's about trying to get fresh, you know... Fresh blood, yeah. Keep that circulation happening. Yeah, because Mm. even though endo... People who have endo typically have quite heavy Mm. periods. Mm. Quite often it's that sort of... It's not really a fresh flow, is Mm. it? Like I often, you know, in questioning, we're always saying, well, what colour is the flow? Are you seeing clotting? And that's that kind of like that stagnation Mm. and it just floods Mm. out. Whereas Mm. we, like I guess from a TCM perspective, Mm. it's getting that regular circulation. Regular regular circulation and, you know, um, clearing the stagnation. So, (laughs) yep. Sorry, Jess. Sorry, it's really amazing that um, acupuncture works on so many different um, levels oh, when treating endometriosis. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it's sort of, you know, like the inflammation. It also works on the sympathetic and the parasympathetic system. So, you know, yeah. anyone with chronic pain um, has a lot of, you know, um, you know, can get depressed and can have a lot of emotional connection to it so acupuncture really helps to um, work on that level as well yeah absolutely that's cool awesome um and do you think long term like um you can help with that heaviness of the bleed as well with acupuncture yes if yeah people stick with it okay yes awesome yeah. so i think it's really important um i know from like nutritional perspective as well like nutrition and and, and acupuncture are about managing endo mm. Like, we're not talking about curing no. endometriosis. We're talking about management strategies. Um, yeah. And you still want to be working with your doctor, with, you know, with your gynecologist. Um, yeah. It's, acupuncture will work no, no matter what um, Western drugs they've given you. Um you know, herbs, you're sort of a bit more careful about what herbs I give. Yeah. If um, they're already taking the oral contraceptive pill and, you know, and they're regulating um, from that perspective. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's a good point because, um, like, Jess and I are always big on talking about um, supplementation, appropriate supplementation, quality of supplementation, but that's a good reminder to listeners that. You know, this is where you do get in trouble with supplements and herbs if you're ordering them on the internet or buying them off the supermarket mm. shelf. That you're not getting a prescription based on you, your symptoms, and what other medications mm. you're on. So this is where yeah. herbal medicine can, um, you know, it needs to be dictated by a professional like mm. Louise. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
And look, I'll put my hand up and say, like, Jess, you and I can talk about the nutritional aspect of endo, but I must admit that when I've got hormonal stuff, it's not... I don't do a whole lot of hormonal stuff. Um, I'll do, like, preconception nutrition, postpartum nutrition, but with regulating cycles and all that, I'm like, look, let's just talk basic diet stuff, and then I'm like, go see an acupuncturist because I know it works so well. Well, and I'm really keen to send my, you know, my clients to get, you know, really sound dietary advice around um, decreasing inflammation in the body. So I'm really interested to hear what you girls have got to say. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, yeah, the the two modalities go, they complement each other Mm. so nicely with hormones. But um, I guess, Katie, did you want to dive into what we would do nutritionally? Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I think Louise has probably nailed the... um, it nailed it in saying that what nutrition can really help with is in the, is the inflammatory side of things. Because if you're putting rubbish food in your body three, four, or five times a day, then obviously that's going to have a systemic inflammatory effect. So whether it's endo or arthritis or whatever it is you're experiencing, that condition is going to be worse just by putting um, because you're you're promoting systemic inflammation, which is just inflammation everywhere. Um, and like, we always talk the basics on this podcast. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. It's very similar to the things that Jess and I often talk about. So, um, you know, reducing refined sugars for a start. Yeah. And processed foods. Yeah, yeah, and processed foods. I think protein is really important for any woman with a a gynecological condition because, um, you know, progesterone, estrogen, they're all hormones, but so is insulin. Um, and you really want to try to stabilize the blood sugar, stabilize the insulin, um, yeah, the, the insulin um, production in the body because if your body's going mad producing all this insulin, it ain't going to be having a party fixing up your hormones, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, too, really key. Yeah, too um, too busy trying to balance itself out than mm. to doing what it should be doing. Yeah, mm. and I also think um, food wise with endometriosis clients, I always encourage them to eat a rainbow. So yeah. lots of different fruits and veggies with really strong colours because that means antioxidants, and because endometriosis is inflammatory based, those antioxidants can just help calm things down. So. I really always encourage them to eat, um, yeah, eat the rainbow and vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think omega three in the diet, as far as endometriosis concerned, be- is concerned, becomes even more important, and that's really yeah. for two reasons. Obviously, we know that um, having a good balance of omega three to omega six promotes a an anti inflammatory environment. So we're we're talking oily fish. Um, I mean, that's your best food-based option for omegas. Um, Sardines, like bones and all, which we talk about a lot, Jess. Um, Wild-caught tinned salmon. Um, And then you sort of go down a sliding scale because I've got lots of people these days who won't eat fish, and I'm like, Mm. oh. So you're looking at things like adding flaxseed oil to the diet, even if it's straight off the spoon. Um, Chia seeds. Um, yeah. you know, those sorts of things are going to give you a little oh. bit. Yep. Yeah. I think one thing that, look, I don't think this is emphasized enough and I'm looking around my office and I don't have a chart, but I've been meaning to get one. 
I really think we need to pay more attention to cholesterol levels in hormonal conditions. Yes, that's a great point. And because our hormones are made from cholesterol. Yeah. Mm. Um, And I think... You know, there's so much emphasis on reducing cholesterol, but I see heaps of women. Um, I I feel like it goes with that picture of stress and overdrive, maybe over exercising, yeah. and their cholesterol levels are like crap. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, you've got no like starter molecule for it, those. And it's like the the wall of the cells. Every cell in your yeah. body is built. The, the wall of every cell is built with, mm. you know, fats and cholesterol and, you know, mm. so... That's right. Yeah. So a low-fat diet ain't going to work in endo. Like, we're not talking about going out and having Macca's hamburger. We're talking about lots of nourishing fats mm. in the diet. Any women's business. Yeah. You mm. know, fertility, you know, anything, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, when I think about fat, mm. I think nourishment... I don't think, oh my gosh, you know, mm. no, 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 no fat. I think, oh my gosh, like nourish the body with all those healthy fats. I think, oh, get rid of my wrinkles, plump, yeah. plump up my face. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, as a, as a 55 year old woman, I want to be plumping my, my, my face. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great yeah. point. And yeah. like, I must say that, um, I love taking my omega-3 fish oil because I actually know when I do my nails look better and I know yeah, my skin absolutely. looks better. Yeah. So, like, for me, Amigas is something... Um, I don't necessarily give it to anyone or to everyone, but certainly I think in female mm. hormonal conditions there can be a real need for it. Yep. Definitely. Another thing dietary-wise I often look at, and this is very individual, but... Um, Potentially looking at lowering or pulling out a lot of those inflammatory foods, specific inflammatory foods like gluten and dairy, um, because there's that sort of theory of it might, you know, be a bit of an autoimmune sort of picture. Those sorts of foods can just, you know, heighten that and heighten inflammation in general. So I always look to sort of, if they're consuming a lot of it, I always look to reduce that as well. Okay, yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with the gluten thing for sure. And wheat, like, Mm. I think a lot of people these days do better on a wheat-free diet. Absolutely. And overly processed wheat, you know. I think we've had this conversation before, Katie, where, you know, there's a difference between an overly processed loaf of bread compared to an authentic sourdough traditional made bread. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that a lot of women um, with endometriosis are getting advice around eliminating red meat. Um, And I just, like, I think that's something that we need to assess on an individual level because, um, you know, if you've got somebody with an iron deficiency and endometriosis and you're taking out the best Mm. food-based source of of iron... It's like, well, you know, then you're going to have to supplement it with a pill. So I think it's about finding that balance and making sure that your proteins are good quality, that they're grass-fed, mm. that they're um, maybe maybe they're not organic, but they're at least sustainably raised and that sort of thing. We've had this conversation yeah. with Charlie Arnett, the, the farmer, and that sort of thing. So, you know, I think a lot of stuff beyond the basics needs to be assessed on an individual level, but those things are really key. And seeing a nutritionist can help you 
put those things into a reality because I know we send this message in every podcast but the actual translation into what does that look like Mm. on my plate can be a little bit trickier Mm. yeah Mm. and it's overwhelming it's a lot of information so it is always good to see you know um, a professional just to help break it down absolutely and get the support that you need to um, turn it into a reality when you're a really busy woman like you've got a baby or you've running a family working full time and running a family how do you how do you turn that into um healthy food on a you know for, yeah. for your family for you to support you know yourself mm. exactly um, just before we leave the food discussion, there is um, some research around turmeric as an anti-inflammatory. And, you know, I know there's some practitioners using um, turmeric to help with pain and manage the inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, look, adding herbs and spices and that sort of thing, as we've said in the past, to your food is awesome because you're probably eliminating a lot of crappy sources which are full of rubbish. Mm-hmm. But just be mindful that that, you know, a lot of the research around individual things like the cur- the curcumin and turmeric, they'll be talking about extremely high doses mm-hmm. and you need to be supplementing appropriate to get mm-hmm. those doses and you need to be getting a quality supplement. So again, do it through a nutritionist or a naturopath or someone. Don't go and buy you a $15 bottle of 300 turmeric tablets from Woolies because I can tell you now they're just not going to work. It's like yes. the fish oil, buying fish oil yeah. off the pharmacy yeah, shelf. Yeah, that's is... another one you know rancid and oh my gosh fish oil Mm. the thought of fish oil makes me sick (laughs) when it's not regulated oh my gosh it Mm. makes me cringe Mm. yeah Mm. um actually i just wanted to address a particular audience here and just say that you know um like a lot of women ignore things because they're you know they're strong and they just deal with pain and all of that But if you're a young woman, you're experiencing these sorts of things, it may not matter right now, but in five years' time, if you want to have a baby, like, you're better off getting in control of your condition now because, you know, it may save you a lot of heartache down the track and it might mean that you don't need to go down, you know, assisted reproduction Mm. and that sort of thing. So we're very good at looking at, what's happening right now it's not a priority for me in my life at the moment but you know like family planning starts well two years in advance for a healthy person i think and probably five years in advance for somebody who maybe has some issues that's fantastic what a fantastic concept yes Mm. i I agree totally Mm. yeah and especially with what you said, Jess, you know, like three months to produce that mm. egg. Mm. Um, it's yeah. the same with sperm, you know, like three to four yeah. months, we can yeah. we can see fresh sperm coming through. Mm. So, like, you know, the the expense of seeing an acupuncturist or a nutritionist or something um, for six months, put that into context. I've got a couple of clients going through IVF now. Um, and, you know, it's $11,000 a cycle and it's emotionally exhausting. So, yeah. obvi- like, I'm not saying that we can solve that, but definitely um, it may be that we mm. can prevent that from being a, a problem down the, down the track. Mm. Well, look, you know, um, make them the healthiest version of themselves they can be. Absolutely. So that um, whatever they choose to do will m- may be more effective. Exactly, and that's another yeah. great point too, Louise. Mm. Yeah. Jess, did you have much to add um, around um, nutrition and endo? 
know, we're just giving general advice and it's mm. so much better to work with the individual because then you can go that bit deeper with things. Yeah. But in terms of generalized advice, I think we've covered it all. Yeah, awesome. All right. Well, um, guys, this is a huge topic and we've really only just touched on it. Um, I had a look at the um, Endometriosis Australia website the other day and there's some really good research on there. If you are struggling with some of the symptoms that we've talked about, you can call Endometriosis Australia and you can ask for brochures to be sent out. You can ask for support. You can, um, you know... Like there's, there's ways to reach out if you feel like you're not being listened to by other people. Um, so please do that if possible because, um, you know, this condition can affect your mental health and it can, um, you know, it can really interfere with your quality of life. So just to, re- um, just to recap on Louise. So Louise, whereabouts is your clinic based? Uh, we're, I'm at Karina Heights. Um, and have been there working out of the same space for about 10 years now. I was working for um, my mentor, Rosalba, and now we're sort of working as a cooperative, um, and it seems to be working quite well, yeah. And is it Balance Acupuncture? Balance Acupuncture Brisbane is my business, Great. And can people find you on Facebook? Facebook, yes. I'm in the process of getting a website sort of up and running, but at the moment, Facebook. Awesome. Mm. All right, guys, so that um, finishes today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you've got a friend or a family member that you think would benefit from this podcast, please share it. Um, And we're just going to keep, we're just going to close off today with our five core values of the Nourish Wrap. Jess, did you want to drum roll through those? Yeah, we've got um, eat whole foods most of the time, get a good night's sleep. Switch off every day for five minutes. Move your body in an enjoyable way and always listen to your own body because nobody knows it best. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much again for joining us, guys. If you've got any topic ideas, shoot them through and um, we'll catch you again next fortnight. Same time, same bat channel.